Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 97. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Much better. I still sound stuffy, and I am, um, but I feel better. The spirits are up. The energy is up, so everything's good. You? What's going on with you? Uh, Not a whole lot. Still kind of quiet time at the office. Uh, my boss is going away for two weeks starting next week, so I, it's going to be really, really slow. So I'm just kind of, I don't know, right before 4th of July, it's like I don't want to do anything. I'm just looking forward to that nice four-day weekend next week. Right. It's 4th of July soon. Ours is July 1. That's that's our big day. Just a good old Canada day. So it's going to be sooner day. than yours. I, in my head, I was like, wow. Like, I was thinking, I wasn't even thinking Canada Day. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess for Agency Day, they like really like that up there. But <laughs> It's literally a national holiday. Well, free Agency Day, eh? everyone's got to get their Labatt and their maple syrup. Sit down I, and watch the TVA. I get I'm you. That's stupid. Fine. That's fair. That's fine. I, I shouldn't expect you to know Canadian holidays. It's fine. Um. So in light of the fact that there are no additions necessarily after this, uh, we had a suggestion of just taking numbers and trying to find um, essentially an addition. Okay. So I did 9 plus 7, which is 16, and that gave us a ton. There's 23 uh, people who've worn 16 for the Islanders. Yeah, sure. Paul Fee at one point. Okay. Well, not at one point. He wore it for three years. Um, but I settled on Craig Berube. Yes, that Craig Berube. Really? Yeah, he was with the Islanders for 38 games back in the 2000-2001 NHL season. He was 35 years old, played 38 games, scored two points. But he was he, he was that. a D, right? Or sorry, no, he was a left wing. Sorry, I thought he was a D for some reason. Okay. But no, left wing. Career 159 points in 1,054 games. Holy smokes. With 3,149 penalty minutes. 
Tells yeah, you the so kind of player he was. We knew what he was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, he wore 16 for the Islanders. Uh, he was with us for a bit. You know, give you that kind of veteran pound their face in leadership. Um, but he was here. He was here. That guy who's now the head coach of the St. Louis Blues for three years. Only after winning the Stanley Cup did he get a promotion to a full-time gig. It's getting tough these days out there. Yeah, you got to – that's bare minimum. You got to win, win a Stanley Cup before you're officially – Announces the head coach. <laughs> Do you have a cup ring? No. Get out of here, you loser. Yeah. Oh, you never coached? Sorry. You're gone. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Islanders are like, that's fine with us, usually. Yeah. Doug Waite? Jack Capuano? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Oh, boy. Well, we're over that now. Yes, thank God. But this past week, Mitch, was a very busy week for the New York Islanders, and the biggest part was last weekend was the NHL draft. So we got to do some takeaways from the draft what we liked, what we didn't like. And I guess we got to start with their first pick in round one coming as a huge surprise. Yeah. Uh, what was the surprise for you? Because mine was twofold. I, I had two surprises within that one pick alone. Uh, oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, there it is. Okay, but I, I won't say yours because that wasn't going to be. Uh, just the pl- on the, who the player was, I thought there no way they were going to take Holmstrom there. I thought they would go with one of the centers on the board, but instead they go with Holmstrom, who most projected as a second rounder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. The, 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 the player in and of himself was a surprise because he was supposed to go in the second round. He missed most of the year and most of last year with injuries. Uh, he's a talented guy, a talented winger, but something we keep on saying is that the Islanders need centers in the, in the prospect pool. They just don't have centers. Koivula turned out, but he's a, he's a winger uh, primarily. And um, there's, there's another center somewhere else in the lineup. I think Blake Jenkins is a center. Um, but outside of that, they don't have a whole lot going on. Blake Jenkins is not a center, by the way. I just looked it up. So they could have got Connor McMichael from the London Knights, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or Philip Tomasino from the Niagara Ice Dogs. But instead, they got Simon Holmstrom, or Simon, sorry, Simon Holmstrom, as it was pronounced at the draft, if that's his, the proper pronunciation. I hold my Could hands be. up. Um, from HV71, which is Linus Soderstrom's uh, old team. That's right. Um, so they take him, and you're going, well, that's a surprise. The next surprise is the fact that they made the pick in the first place. I knew you were going there. Like, to me, they should have traded down. Like you said, he was available in the second round. Go to the second round. If he's your guy, then yeah, trade back. Like who? He was projected like forty six, right? So who was picking forty sixth? Uh, Montreal was. Montreal. Did they have another second round pick? They did not. Um, who had a bunch of second round picks? Ottawa, Carolina had a bunch of second round picks. I think they had three. Like you can't say you you could you could make a deal with Carolina for like the thirty sixth overall pick. Yeah. And I'm saying that facetiously because I assume they tried. I'm assuming they tried, and I'm just saying, like, how could this deal not get done? I, I don't I don't know because I heard that Lou Lamarillo was saying that everyone was on the same page, that if Holstrom was there when they were picking, that they were taking him there. That's that's some, like, oh, my bleep-don't-stank type of mentality. It was like, I know best. And I'm just going to do what I do, uh, and y'all are going to have to fall in line with it. Uh, like, if he's available at 46, you take him. 
if he's available at 36, you try to trade down. Like, it's not like we have to get him with the 23rd overall pick or else we're never going to get him. No. Like, uh, what was it? Brett Leeson fell to 56, was it? Yeah, 56. Brett Leeson fell to 56. He had 89 points last year. 89 with 36 goals. Yeah. You would think that he would be a first-round talent. We thought Buddy Wilde was going to be a first-round talent. Everyone That's thought true. Buddy Wilde was going to go, like, 15th overall. He went 41st. <laughs> Way off. For no you're, good reason. No good reason whatsoever. Right. You're telling me that if you move back to 36 that you wouldn't have been able to get Holmstrom? I'm not buying that. No. And and, and I think that it's not fair to say, like, why, uh, why didn't that trade happen? But it is fair to say, like, to criticize him if he's saying, I wasn't even going to try. That's a fair criticism. Right. You're going, you have to. You could have got two picks for that. Two. I don't think he did try. I really think that they were, like, happy that this guy was still, I'm using still in air quotes, available at 23rd overall. And they said, okay, this is this is our pick. And just went up there and, and made the pick. Like You don't say you can't make a trade with Carolina for their second, so 36th overall, and let's say their third round pick even for the 73rd overall or there's 36th overall and the 44th overall yeah. something like that i know they had a, a third one but i think they ended up trading that one two uh, seconds to jump back into the first round i think that's fair the islanders have done ex- exactly that to get anthony bavillier yeah that's they true. may have been later round picks or later in the second round but they, you know they still did it so there are ways to get this done instead of taking Simon Holmes from 23rd overall. And, you know, maybe, maybe this, this works. It's not that I'm mad they made the pick specifically. It's just kind of, all right, that was out of the blue. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Holmstrom. All, all that I've read up on, though, it, it seems like he was overdrafted, which, again, there's no way to really know that. And, oh, God. Sorry, I'm watching the victim <laughs> at the same time. And there's... Seth Lugo just struck somebody out, and it was a pass ball, so the runner got on first base, and now the bases are loaded. Um, you shouldn't watch the Mets while we're doing this. It's just going to no. be Disappointment City USA. No, you know, you know I'm going to turn it off because that was, <laughs> it's distracting me. <laughs> I uh, thought the internet had died. We, we peeked behind the curtain when we were doing our Patreon podcast. P.S. Sign up to our Patreon feed. Um, yes, two days ago on Monday, the internet dropped like four times in a row. It was aggravating. It was a little bit aggravating, but we were able to get through it, and we'll be able to get through this once I turn off the <laughs> garbage that is the Mets. But <laughs> the point is, everything that I kept seeing was that he was overdrafted. So if you wanted to stay at 23 and not move, I thought there was better choices available. Yep. And, I mean, hopefully this kid proves us wrong and that he's a quality player, but it still would have made more sense to move back and then still take him. Yeah, like Connor McMichael, a five foot eleven, one seventy four uh, pound center, put up seventy two points this year. His his you know second year in in the uh, at the Jesus the CHL. Um, Philip Tomasino, what did he do this year? Seventy two points this year too. Wow, what are the odds? Like yeah. th- those are high scoring wingers. And look, you can say something about Connor McMichael doing that for the London Knights, who are a, a good team almost all the time. Yeah. But the Niagara Ice Dogs are not a good team almost all the time. So no. why wouldn't you go for that? Why not? Or like John Beecher, whoever I've never heard of him. Six foot three, two hundred and ten pound, put up twenty points in twenty seven games in the USHL. 
Like, <laughs> that's a big body center that puts up points. Come on. Yeah, it seems right up their alley, but they were in on Holmstrom, and, and they took him at 23. In the, in the second-round pick, too, I thought, okay, maybe here, this is where you're going to get your center. No, sir. Nope. Going to go on the defensive side. They went with uh, Samuel Boldick. Sure. Boldick. Okay. Boldick. But that, that's Bold-Zick. fine. Boldick is, is, is fine. Um, uh, he's a big left-handed defenseman. Yeah, put up 37 points on, on a bad QMJHL team. That's not too bad, but it's the, it's his size. 6'4", 210, and apparently he can skate. Not like skate the wind, um, but he can skate well. So that that's something. When you have a mobile player with that size, all right, fine, cool. I, I'm okay with the pick. At this point, past the second round, I'm going, like, whatever. I, I trust your judgment at this point. Yeah, I'm, I like this one a little bit better than the first round pick. Uh, I don't know, like, I don't know a whole lot about the kid, but it seems like he's a lefty Scott Mayfield, which I could kind of understand wanting a left-handed version of that because all their other left-handed demon are on the smaller side and the NHL level and in the prospect pool. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. There's nothing to, to state about this. Like, um, I'm trying to see if he had any sort of if he mock draft anywhere, but he, I don't think he was mocked that high. Um, so whatever. Uh, it, again, 37 points in the queue on, on, a, on a bad team, or not a great team anyways. Uh, stepped it up from last year where he put up 14 points. It's the body. It's the body and the physical attributes that, that, that make him an attractive prospect because he's got the size, he's got the mobility. Um, it's not necessarily you're bringing him in to score a ton of points, but you're bringing him in to do a job. And if it's going to be a Scott Mayfield type of job, that's fine. Scott Mayfield's perfectly usable. And, and you might trade Scott Mayfield down the road. Right, like you're gonna yeah, have to bring in a righty in Noah Dobson if you're gonna make room. Why not a guy who's got term? Yeah, maybe they do because you're not getting rid of Johnny Boychuk. No, unless he retires. Yeah, ain't no one taking that deal. So, um, in the fifth round they finally go center, Mitch, and right because uh, they, they didn't have a third or fourth round pick, by the way. Yeah, no third or fourth round pick thanks to a couple of trades. Yep, uh, Brandon Davidson was one. And I think Travis Hamanick was the other. I believe, yeah, it was the fourth that went went to um, Calgary. Yeah. Uh, so Reese Newkirk is taken in the fifth round. I liked this pick in the sense of I understood why they went there in the fifth round. Like, it was kind of a flyer pick, but you understand why they did it. Sure. 59 points in 68 games. 5'11", 172, shoots left of the WHL. We got a guy who went in the first round who scored 72 points in the WHL as a center, shooting yeah. left, who's 5'11", and 169 point, uh, pounds. So it, it's either they don't value the WHL very much, because th- that's Could something that, that kept getting noticing throughout the draft, is that it, when you look at the 2019 NHL draft, you know, there, there's two guys from the WHL. Oh, no, not really. No, I don't know what I was talking about because the WHL, it, I know the Q isn't going to factor high, but, like, there are two guys in the top four from the WHL. There's another guy in the, at, taking seven, Dylan Cozens. And then you got one in, in Peyton Kerr, at Krebs, Kerbs, a 17th. Like, there's a number of WHL prospects in the, in the, in the top half. 
I don't get it. Like Dylan Cozens, center. How many points do you think he got last year? What did he go overall? He went seventh overall. How many? Seventy-three. Just a complete guess. Eighty-four. Okay. Wow. We had a guy who put seventy-two, and he's not worth like ten picks lower. Not even more, less than that. Like more than that. Yeah. Like it just it just doesn't make any sense. There's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. So why why did they find value in that, in that third round pick on a fifty nine point player? I guess he's available, so why not take him? Mm-hmm. But if it's something you want to bring in, you could have brought in a better center. <laughs> you had the option to do that, and you didn't. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing. But you understand why in the fifth round they decided to do that, and I think. Like, that's the first pick that I saw, and I was like, okay, that's pretty good value. The other two, like, I understand the second rounder, but I don't yeah. know how great of value that is. This one was the only one so far where I felt like, all right, I could see the value in that pick. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll back up my truck, and you're right. There, there's there's definitely there's some value there in, in Reese Newkirk more so than, than Simon Bolzik, or not Simon, Samuel Bolzik. And, you know, the, the question is still out there on, on Simon Holmstrom. Then in the sixth round, they double down on center and go Felix Bibo. Yep. He had, what, uh, 69 points in 63 games? Playing on a stacked um, Rwanda team, and he's an overager. Like, he's 20 years old. Yeah, so an older prospect, so he could theoretically go to the AHL next year, no? Yep, absolutely. Okay. He, he's not going to be in the in the OHL next year, the CHL next year. He'll either be ECHL or AHL, I would say. Okay. So, again, that's kind of a, a center who puts up a, a ton of points, over a point per game. So, understand why you did that in the sixth round. Just wish that maybe address that position a little bit earlier in the draft, too. Yeah, I, I'm not, like, obviously I, I'm more of a take-the-best-player-available type of guy uh, than just, just you have to draft a bunch of centers. But, like, there seem, and I keep coming back to this, there seem to be better centers available in the first round. They just really see, like, that that has to be a testament to the value of Simon Holmstrom, like how good he could be. If they're saying, no, 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 no matter where, like no matter who's on the on the board by the time we pick, I can maybe not no matter who, but around where we're supposed to draft and considering who's on the board, we're taking this guy no matter what. We have to take this guy. We can't even wait another pick. We can't even, if even if we were drafting or we, we could go back one spot, we wouldn't, we have to take this guy now. We're not even going to run the risk of, of someone else taking this kid. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it really makes you think about about his value, and I don't know why I keep going back to him, but it's something I can't, I can't wrap my right about why they couldn't draft, they couldn't trade down. They go, why not trade down? I'm never going to live that one down. I, Sorry. I get it, dude. And then in the last round at pick 209, they take Cole Koski, right winger, another older prospect. He's 20 years old also, no? Uh, I believe so. Uh, Cole Koski is... 20 years old, 6'1", 200 pounds, 63 points in 52 games with Bodie Wild and Blade Jenkins, Saginaw Spirit. Oh, okay. So that makes a little bit of sense, too. Islanders' uh, prospects are They were there. definitely able to scout him, right? Because they were, they were seeing Bodie Wild and Blade Jenkins play, so they were able to get scouts out to see Cole Koski play at the same time, I'm sure. Yeah, they probably were there scouting uh, Jenkins and then noticed, like, oh, hey, this kid's pretty good, too. 
Yeah, we like this kid. Uh, he'll be available in the seventh round. Perfect. Let's take him. Yeah. Let's take a shot. Like, honestly, you can see my dartboard behind me there. It's me throwing a dartboard or a dart at that board from not even looking and hoping I hit, I hit something. Not even hitting the bullseye. Hoping I'm hitting something, right? You're hoping that this guy just becomes an NHL player yeah. at whatever level. Fourth line player, perfect. There's a pick well worth it. Anything better than that, oh, my God, you just got a way better value out of that pick. Exactly. Pretty much anything after the second round is a huge question mark to me. Yeah. To me, like the first round is an NHL player. It's not NHL star. It's NHL player. And, and the higher yeah. up in that first round is, is where you uh, higher in terms of where you should rank in the NHL. So like a Michael Del Cole should have been a lot better than maybe a third line player. Yes. Um, but like you're right. You pick a second round player. I'm just hoping you can make the dance. That's it. Yeah, like a Scott Mayfield in the second round, like that yeah. is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you took a pick, and you, you never know if it's going to work out, and it, it did. Excellent. Yeah, and then sometimes you have guys like Anders Lee who pan out as a six-rounder, and then other times you have uh, six-round picks that you forget their names four years after they're drafted. <laughs> like everyone wait, – wait, wait, let's bring this up. Uh, four years, so 2015 – there's six round and Don Song. Couldn't tell you who that is. He, I know he plays. I was trying to find out in. Um, uh, he plays uh, for Harvard, I believe. I think he's on Harvard's team. Okay. So let's still. I be, I don't think he actually played a game this year. He may have played one. I'm gonna try to find it out. But uh, let's just keep going with uh, with anything else. Okay, so I could start the transition now because we pretty much went through the draft. So yeah, uh, we can get us well, into. Sorry, just to cut you there. What would you have seen, or what would you have rather seen from the draft? What were you hoping to get out of there, and and what grade do you give it? A okay. to D. I'm probably gonna go like a C, and I would have liked them to address the center position earlier than the fifth round. Because that's a complete total crapshoot at that point. I would have liked to have seen one of the first two picks be a center. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, it's it's not only just about getting a center. It's about... I, I think it's, it's me it's maximizing the draft position. It was really trading down, getting an extra pick out of this, to, you know, and still get the guy you wanted. That That's for me. So I give them, like, oh, what, a C to a B. Not even no C straight up C is what I give them. Okay, so I'm still looking. He's not part of. Uh, it wasn't Harvard, so I'm still looking here. I forget what team he was, he was playing for last year. I'll find it. I will okay. find it. We'll keep that on the back burner. Okay. Next up to talk about is free agency, specifically with the New York Islanders. What is going on with Anders Lee and Robin Leonard? Both are not signed and. As each day goes on, as we're now just five days away from July 1st, get a little bit more nervous about these guys not coming back. Yeah, you have to be nervous, right? Like, who knows what's happening? Sorry, it's Cornell. He plays for Cornell. Okay. Cornell University. So, you know, a good a good team, I would say. An okay team. Um, yeah, you definitely have to be worried about Anders Lee and, and Robin Leonard at this point. And uh, apparently to Elias Friedman and some of his friends, that means that the Islanders are wink-wink, nudge-nudge in on Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. I see why they're connecting those dots. 
Yeah, like you you mentioned the other day, like the, there is that that shot, the Instagram picture, I guess it is, of Bobrovsky and his plane ticket showing he's going from Florida to New York. Yep. So, like, where else is he going? Is he really going to go meet with the Rangers who have Henrik Lundqvist on, you know, a billion-dollar contract at this point? No. So, no, they're going to, the, to meet with the Islanders. So I just have a hard time seeing why the Islanders would do that. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. Unless they can get Bobrovsky at $8 million for five years, fine. But that, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, but I, I just don't see that happening. There's no way he's going to take what is it, $575,000 increase from last year for no reason? Like, he can get more than that. He probably could. Like, Florida will definitely give him 10. Yeah, at, at this point, yeah, they probably would. So, why come here for, like, f- fractions of that? It doesn't make any sense. But it seems like they're talking to him. So, it, it, that means that they're not going to resign. No, if they can get Panarin and... Bobrovsky, they won't resign Lee and Leonard. That kind of sucks. It sucks, but you're probably better off with uh, Bobrovsky and Panarin, no? Definitely Panarin. If you're just comparing the two, like, are are is Panarin a better player than Lee? Yes. 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 Like Panarin can get you 30 goals on average every year, whereas Lee will get you maybe 40, but he could also get you 25. He's not going to get you that many assists. He's just not. Right, you're looking at best-case scenario, Anders Lee's giving you a 60-point season, Yeah. where best-case scenario, Panarin's going to give you like 90 points. That's right. But then there's Bobrovsky, who you're going, he can give you a a clunker of a year, or he can give you a Vezina Trophy year. He's already got two of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how how, how much longer can he do that now that he's turning 31 in September? Right, Fair. Leonard's 28 in September, or uh, 28 in July, I believe. He's going to turn 28 before this year, yeah. So, like, that's three years, potentially, when you look at it that way. Three-year difference between the two. Yeah, I would, <sighs> I'd probably rather Leonard because he's younger and you're going to get him on a lower cap hit. Yeah. But I really, really want Panarin really bad. And if it's a package deal... I'm sucking it up and paying the extra money for Bobrovsky. Oh, I'm worried about how much that package deal is, is going to cost me. That's my worry. Again, if it's 8 over 5, yeah, I'll suck it up. I'll take it on the chin. That's fine. Uh, but if it's like 9 over 6, anything eight over anything more than 8 over 5 in any way, shape, or form on any side of that deal, if it's term or, or, or cap hit, I'm starting to like it a lot less. Like exponentially less. Yeah, I I see why you say that, and it's hard for me to argue because I agree with your logic on it. But at the same time, when you look at what the Islanders need, it's a player like Panarin, and you got to do whatever it takes in order to land him. I don't know if whatever it takes means like the whole reason we're, we're doing a lot of these things, and, and even that we're having this debate with Lee. I thought, right, Lee. The whole thing with Lee was. We don't want to give you a seventh year. Six, fine. Seven, no. Was financial responsibility. Is making these decisions that in seven years from now, we're not going to regret it. But if we're going to, if we're, we're now throwing caution to the wind because of Artemi Panarin, it's not to say he's a bad player, but you're going, he's not a generational player. He's not even, I don't want to go too bad, like too high or too low on him. He's, he's a good player. He's a point per game player, but he's not. 
how can I say this? Like, he's not generational. He's not Sidney Crosby. He just isn't. He's not Connor McDavid, but we're making it out to be. Uh, is it because we actually have a shot at landing him that we're so high on him that we're willing to suck up like six well, years of, of Bobrovsky at like $9 million? Yeah, but we're, I think you're downplaying Bobrovsky a little bit. Okay. Well, he's come. Look at his numbers. They're not, uh, they're the good. But like Leonard will give you even just his career average. His career average is what, 918 save percentage and a 254, 256 goals against average over his career? Uh, Bobrovsky is 919, 246. Okay. Well, Robin Leonard is 918, 270 over, their, over his career. Right. Like in, in terms of just those numbers, yeah, Leonard's got a, a higher goals against average. Fine. That that's fine, but you're gonna pay him. You're gonna pay him a lot less for that. And he just gave you a nine thirty save percentage and two thirteen goals against average this year. That's gonna go up next year, but it's not gonna explode into like a three. It at high at its peak, I would imagine it's a two point five goals against average. You're gonna pay Leonard a lot Probably. less. So like, yeah, we we want Panarin so bad, but are we? Do we want Panarin so bad because a we're at the table, and uh, sorry, are we willing to take Bobrovsky? So easily because a we're at the table for Panarin, and b we're uh, we're never at the table whatsoever. Like, are those the only two reasons that we're in? We're so like, are oh, we're convinced? Yeah, Bobrovsky's a good idea. Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay, because he's he's good. He had a, yeah. his last three years: a nine thirteen, nine twenty one, nine thirty one. He has two Vesnas. Yep. He, I would think if you sign him to a five-year deal that he's going to be fine. I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of goalies recently go late into their 30s at a pretty high level still. You're right. You know, Roberto Longo just announced his retirement today. He was 41, I think. Yep. Like, And he, he was not great last year, but he was good the year before that. So, you know, he's 39. Henrik Lundqvist is still pretty good. Um, you're, you're right. Like, older goalies are still possible. Like, Carey Price is signed until he's going to be 56 or whatever it is. Um, not quite. Yeah, not quite. At $10.5 million. Jesus, Murphy, Montreal. Um, again, if it's 8 by 5 so $8 million AAV five, for five years, yes, I'm willing to suck it up for Bobrovsky if, if we're getting Panarin back. But anything more than that on either side, on either the cap hit or the term, and I'm starting to shy away and shy away quick. For every incremental step forward, I'm shying away further. Yeah. I really want Panarin, though. I know. I know. I, I want Panarin, too. But if I can get Panarin alone, I'll overpay Panarin alone. Oh, of course. Right? Like, if it's the the difference between $11 million and $11.5 million and we don't get Bobrovsky, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Yeah. But to get... You know, but yeah, I, I just—it's not that I don't want Bobrovsky. I don't want to sign Bobrovsky to like an equal, equally long-term deal at what could be an almost equal cap hit. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. That's true. But ideally, so what's your ideal situation in, in terms of free agency altogether? Well, of the four four players, so the two okay. goalies, the two left wingers. Yeah, you get one left winger. And one goalie. What's okay. your combination? Panarin, Leonard, Leonard, easily. Okay, no, me too. Yeah. 
And like, because again, we can get Leonard for he so desperately wants to be here. It's insane. He's willing to take a short-term deal. He's not apparently willing to talk to other teams, although I'm sure that'll change real quick for him. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he'll wait until July 1 before he starts talking to other teams until he absolutely has to. He'll wait for the Islanders to do something. But, like, he's gonna, he's, he wants to stay here. So if we can, we control all the variables. We hold all the cards in this deal or in this conversation or negotiation with Leonard. Why not take advantage of the fact that a goalie wants to play here he plays well here. We have a whole infrastructure here for him. We have Mitch Korn, Piero Greco, and he's given us a 930 save percentage and a 213 goals against average. Why would we be so willing to trade that in on a guy who once won two Vezinas? Yes, that's like the best accolade you could ever get for someone in his position. But like he's still going to cost you 8 to $10 million over five to more years. What are we doing? <sighs> I wish it was as simple as yeah. sign Leonard right now and then Panarin just verbal agreement. Like, because I just want this stress to be over with. Well, that's what they're they're going for, right? Is verbal agreement. But if the idea is that we have to get a package deal, I'm not. I'm not down. I'm. I'm already very hesitant on that. Um, but yeah, ideally, give me give me one and give me the other. Give me Panarin and give me Leonard. So with Luongo retiring today, do you think it bounces their percentage of landing both of them higher, like both Bobrovsky and Panarin? For the Islanders? No, no, no. for the Panthers because Luongo retired. Sorry, I, I yeah, you said them, and I, I wasn't sure if you meant the Islanders or, or Panthers. I, and maybe you did say Panthers, and my internet went because it does that. Um, yeah, I would say that that ranks them super high. Like Panarin gets to go back and play with. With Coach Q, the Panthers desperately need a goalie now, and you know they guess what? Bobrovsky is the best one out there uh, on the market. Why not? The, the, the fit just seems perfect. No, it really does. Uh, I just want to look up their cap situation, like because I don't I don't know what they're sitting at. They have twenty three million dollars worth of cap space, and they don't really need to sign anyone in, in, like important. No, they're pretty safe right now. Like. Their highest paid player is Aaron Ekblad at 7.5. <laughs> okay. And they have Huberto locked up for a while. Barkov, right? who just won Barkov, yeah. uh, the Lindsay, I believe, uh, at 5.9. <laughs> he scored like okay. 90 points this year. Was it 90-something? I think so. 96 points, 5.9 million. Um, same thing with Trocek. He wasn't too far off. Uh, oh, no, he had 34 points in 54 games. Sorry. I was thinking of something else. Huberto isn't too far off either. Right? He had 92 points, 5.9. Some good cap management by the Panthers there. Yeah. But they've got the space, the, the space to bring them both in. Right? Because, again, no income tax, so you can lower the, the cap hit. You get them both on $9 million. You're still looking at $5 million left over. At that point, right? You still got some wiggle room left, too. Yeah. Like... That's insane. They can give them $9 million and still have room to add someone. Well, no, they still got to sign some of them. They only have like eight forward signs, so. And, uh, okay, yeah, they're going to have to do something. Y'all need at least four more. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. Yeah. But it, it's possible. With $5 million, they're actually at $23.9 So you're, you're looking at $5.9 after signing those two. 
You're laughing. You figure something out. Yeah. yeah you you got lots of space to, to load up on, on fourth liners that are less than a million dollars. Yeah. For sure. So as we're talking about players flying around, moving all over the place. Yeah. The uh, the Metropolitan Division, so the Islanders Division, is getting a lot better. You look at this past weekend, Rangers, Devils, Flyers, all improving. Well, at least two of those I'm, I'm going to say are improving. I'm not sure about the third one. The Flyers? Yeah, I'm not sure. They're already okay. What, what did they do to get better? They added Kevin Hayes to a ridiculous contract. I can, listen, I, you're the one who put them on the list. <laughs> did I really? Yeah, you uh, sent me. Well, I said Flyers making moves. I, I didn't quantify the quality of those moves, but you're right. I did put them on there saying Flyers making moves. Okay. So Rangers and Devils are getting better. The Flyers are doing things, whether it's positive or negative, we don't know yet. Yeah. Is it time to start worrying if you're the Islanders? Yeah. A little bit, because we haven't done anything. Not yet, is me, is yeah, my answer. Sure, okay. Like, don't start worrying yet, because it's not time. July yet. 2nd, you could probably start worrying. <laughs> yeah, because by then, whoever we're on is gone. Yeah, well, no. If the Islanders come away with, if they lose Lee and then come back with, like, uh, Gustav Nyquist and Ryan Dezingle, then you could probably start to worry a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, like, in lieu we trust, but still, if you're you're losing whatever quality you had and you're not bringing in sufficient replacement quality, you're like, oh, you know, you're, you're bringing in goals in Dezingle and you're bringing in goals in, in Nyquist, but eesh, you lost no, your that's captain. Like, that's like plan C. And yes. D. You don't want it to have to get down that far. So... To me, the, the the biggest thing for this division is that the two worst teams in the division just got better, on paper, right? In the Rangers and the uh, the Devils, the Rangers were uh, no, the Devils were the absolute bottom of the division. They brought in Jack Hughes, first overall pick, should be uh, a great player in the NHL potentially. Yep. Although Nico Heischer was, he's a fine NHL player. He's top six quality. They at least brought in a top six player, right? Yeah, and the top pairing defenseman. And then they bring in P.K. Subban for nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they got him Steve Santini, James Davies. These are just names that I could have made up yesterday. Uh, and, and two are second, you sure you didn't make them up? Yeah. And two second-round picks. That's all they got. And they still have $25 million worth of cap space, by the way. They're doing something right. <laughs> they still have $25 million of cap space. And they have P.K. Subban on a $9 million deal. Corey Schneider on $6 million. And Taylor Hall at six million. Unbelievable. Like they, they still have to sign like Will Butcher is probably gonna cost them something. Uh it's not gonna be a huge deal, but he put up thirty points. That's a pretty good you know, on the back end. And he put up forty four points in his very first year. Like he he's gonna cost them like, five, six million. That's still twenty million dollars. Yeah. Like they, they, they're laughing. They have no one else uh, the Pavel Zaka, who is I think a top half pick. Yeah, sixth overall in 2015. Okay. But like 25 points in the NHL, no more than that. He's a third liner. Yeah, about a third liner. Bottom six for sure. Yeah, like that's still three, maybe. <laughs> they're, they're, they're laughing. So they've got much, much better than they were last year, and they were the bottom bottom barrel of the of the, the division. And then the Rangers, who weren't bottom barrel, got Capo Caco, 
who should be outstanding in the NHL. I think he's going to be very, very good. Do you think he's going to be the better player in the draft? <sighs> I think... Yeah. I think it's going to be a debate for almost the entirety of their career. Okay. So uh, I guess like very similar level. Right. I will, I'll bring up another thing that we can debate a little bit later um, okay. during our social segment. Sure. Um, so, yeah, and they brought in ja- Jacob Truba, 25-year-old, 50-point right-handed defenseman. Yeah, so you sign him to, what, eight years, eight million per, and call it a day? Well, they can't, they can't do eight years, I believe. I don't think Even he they traded for him. I saw. I, mm, you're right. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Maybe it's just for UFAs. You have to. They have to be on your active roster as of the trade deadline to give him the eighth year. I right. thought, but because he's an RFA, I'm not sure how that works. So let's just could be wrong. let's just say it's eight. Yeah, eight years at seven, seven, eight year, eight million. Probably somewhere in that range. Like he's their number one guy now, right? On the blue line. Yeah. Well, think about it. They have two pretty solid right-handed defensemen in him and Ka- and Kevin Shattenkirk. That's true. That's true. They got the Shat there. So, um, and Brady Shea is pretty good. Mark Stahl is the aging defenseman. Adam Fox is pretty good. So, like their their top four is set. Yeah, they have a pretty decent defensive core now. Yeah, so like that's pretty good for them in terms of rebuilding. They'll be solid on the back end. They still have a 37-year-old goalie um, who had an okay year last year, right? He had a – God, he's got been here forever. Uh, a 907 and a 307. It's not great, but you know, a terrible they, they're team, a crap team. Uh, but they do have your give, right? He's 23. He played pretty well last year. Right? Yeah, he, he did. Uh, 914 and 291 in 33 games played. That's pretty good. Uh, so, like, they're going to be better, too. And those are the two worst teams in the division. Like, And they've gotten better. And yet. they got better. And that's when I, when I focus on the Flyers. I'm going, did they do anything to get demonstrably better? Yeah, they brought in Kevin Hayes. That helps down the middle, for sure. That That's a one-time 50-point player. But he's the, her, the third highest paid player on their team. Yeah, that's true. He put up 50 points once. He's 27, so he can still make good on that. Like he's still young enough, um, <clears throat> and and if he's playing in the middle, like their top line center is, I would assume Sean Couturier. He's a, he's yeah. locked in for four and a half or four point three for the next three years. It's just they, they they got top six depth now. That was never necessarily their issue. The Flyers could always score. They just can't defend. Yeah, that's true. So is it going to help him that much? And then that moves, uh, what's his face, Nolan Patrick down as a third-line center? Yeah, and that, that's fine. He'll have room to grow, you know, second overall pick. Like, he, he had an okay year, too. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll be better. I mean, no, I'm not even saying they're going to be better. They're going to be okay. It's just, are they going to be, are they going to take a step forward, or are they going to stay kind of where they were at the bubble? And now with those two other teams breathing down their necks. Yeah. Because like there were five te- five Metro teams that made the playoffs this year, the only three who didn't were the Flyers, Rangers, and and the Devils. And they have all been doing stuff. They've all been like improve. the Flyers have done a ton. They've moved a ton of stuff over. They made another trade today. I don't I don't even remember who they moved. They they've been moving so many things around. I know right. they, they bought in Justin Brom, Matt Niskanen, and they moved um, 
Radko Gudis. That's great. Glad to see him gone. Yeah, thank God. Um, and they, they finally have a ton of cap space. They got $15 million worth of cap space, and all they have to sign is Travis Konecki, or Konechny, whatever. Is, I already pronounced that last Konechny, name. yeah. At even Ivan Provorov. That's a good defenseman. God, Provorov is so good. Yeah, Provorov is good. So, like, they got things to do, but, like, I'm not convinced that they're going to be a great team or they're going to be a good team even. Sorry, they're not going to be a better team, I should say. I want Flyers fans to come reaming down my neck. Yeah. I think they'll be okay, like a bubble team, kind of like what they were last year, I guess, no? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't see them getting any better. And maybe when I wrote the, the, the running order, I was just seeing the number of moves, and I went, oh, my God, they're doing things. They're going to get better. But the more right. you see the moves, the more you think about it, and you're saying, did they, though? Yeah, you feel like Thor Maybe. in the movie, like, did they, though? Ooh, like that meme? Yeah. I'm hip now. I can quote memes. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm the youth. My hair's starting to grow you? back. I can't with you. I really can't. <laughs> My back don't hurt no more, yo. Right? That's what kids say today? Exactly. That's what they say. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the phlegm. <laughs> the phlegm is killing me. Uh, what is so, also killing me is my wife painted a door down here with like aerosol cans, and so all I'm breathing in is paint fumes right now. It's <laughs> like hotboxing his face. Dude, it's literally it's right there. You can see it. It's on the floor here, right next to me, in the basement. I don't know why she did it in the basement, but she did it in the basement. For those listening, which is everyone except for me, it is literally three feet away from Mitch, spray painted black. That he's. He's basically huffing paint. I'm, I'm, I've been huffing paint for the last 43 minutes, my friend. Uh, it's getting sillier and sillier by the second. The mailbag is going to be awkward. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, the bottom feeders of the Metro are getting better, which just makes it that much more uh, important. And it, it's a necessary thing for the Islanders to improve on free agency day. Yes. Yes, thank you for bringing it back to the Islanders. That's really the only reason we're bringing this up is that the Islanders haven't done much. They've re-signed what they already had, right? They re-signed Brock Delson, Jordan Everly. Yep. But they still don't have a starting goalie, technically speaking, and they don't have a top-line left wing. Right now, their top-line left wing is Josh Bailey. And I love Josh. Love him. I, I'm a, a Baylieber, but um, top-line left wing? Eesh. Eesh. No. Not with Barzell. With Tavares, who who plays at a slower pace, sure, but not with the pace of Barzell. They need someone who can keep up with him, and you know that's got to be someone like Panarin or you know Marner. You can move someone to the left if you're going to put Marner on the right. Yeah, you can figure if you'll figure it out, or, or someone else. But you're right; they have to start making moves. Not it's not that they have to start making moves; is they have to do something, and they're they're not going to if their if their main objective is free agency. But so that's why I like that you said uh, July second. You're waiting till then. Yep, that's that's my day. But I'm uh, I'm a little a little teensy bit worried. It's okay to be nervous because they're taking okay risks, right? They're they're risking that like we'll wait on Lee and Leonard until free agency, and then we'll see how they feel. But like even if if they don't land on on Panarin Bobrovsky, right? Let's say how mm-hmm. are they gonna they being Lee and Leonard gonna feel on July second when they resign because you know they want to stay, but they realize that the second option. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, we, we we would have preferred someone else, but we'll settle for you. 
No one wants to be the person they settle on. I know yeah. that for a fact because I'm the guy girls settle on all the time. Oh, no. I know it. I know what it is. And there, there's always the teensy bit of like, yeah, I could have done better. Mitch is just sending us all back to high school right now. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm 34 of 35. I don't even know how old I am. That's It's all about reliving the nostalgia. Understandable. Uh, so with that, do you want to get into the social segment? Yes. So there's one thing uh, I wanted to bring up uh, for that before we got sure. to that. And that's you mentioned Roberto Luongo. Uh, this is kind of tied to the social segment because it was asked uh, to me on social media saying, with Roberto Luongo retired, is he a top five goalie of all time? Off the top of my head, I would say probably not. I definitely said no. I said Hasek, Bradar, Roy. Uh, I said Sachuk. I don't know why I said Sachuk. And um, who else did I say? Uh, God, there's one more name. And of course, it escapes me. I'm going to have to bring it up on my Twitter here. Um, I th- I th- sorry. I can't believe I blanked on who I said. That's... That's okay. Despisable. Uh, despisable? Despicable. I said Plant. Jacques Plant. Sorry. There he is. And then okay. someone corrected me. Someone, Darcy White, who I um I used to have a podcast with on uh, called Ride and Pine. They still do that show, by the way. Ride and Pine show. They talk about Sens and, and, and um, the Habs now. But he said, replace Hasek with Glenn Hall. Really? And I'm like, listen, I know Glenn Hall's a good goalie, and I'm sure you could put him in. In the top five, fine. Take anyone else off of my top five list for Glenn Hall. You don't take Hasek up. Six-time Vezina winner. He's a six-time Vezina winner. I think he won the uh, Hart Trophy twice, didn't he? He at least won it once. I don't know off the top of my head. It's just you you don't take Dominic. If you're talking about all-time goalies, you don't take Dominic Hasek out. You just don't. He won the Jennings three times, the Pearson twice, the Hart twice. Six-time All-Star, two-time cup winner. Why are you taking this guy out of any conversation as a top goalie? No, Hasek, he might be number one. Yeah, I listed him first. Uh, but, but argument settled that Luongo does not fit in there. No, he's probably in uh, somewhere between 12 and 25, maybe. I'd, I'd probably put him in my top 10 pro- like um, if I had to like list it out. He'd probably make my top 10. Uh, does he not make your top 5 because he doesn't have a cup? Does that, does that factor at all to you? No. Same thing. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I don't factor that in, in terms of the quality of the player. Cup doesn't, do, doesn't change anything for me. No, I just look at overall numbers. Because I feel some players are in the hall because they have cups. You, know, you have how many players in the halls from like the 70 Montreal Canadiens? Right, like that that era of Montreal, because they won like a billion cups in that time. Yeah, Yvon, what's his name? Jean Guy Rubber Boots was on the team. Yeah, he was you know holding along you know the fourth line, but he's got you know six rings on his fingers. Ah, oh, that's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, come on, come on. No, I, I hate that stuff. It happens with the quarterbacks of the NFL all the time. Yeah, how many comparing... Super Bowls does he have? Yeah, I mean, it's like can we just look at what? The player did. I, I know. I don't get it. It's because we have to have players go in all the time, right? And so yeah, that's why we judge them on how they how well they did in a tournament. Yeah, so, that's true. Either way. Uh, I have two more things for social. Okay. Do you have go one? Up. Do you have anything? Well, my main one that I wanted to talk about was uh, the Roberto Luongo 
uh, how he retired with oh, the yes. the picture of the the pads like <laughs> on the the wire yes. like uh, like shoes. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen the picture, I'm trying to describe it. I'm not doing a very good job. No, so I they think have, like, he did a good job. The telephone wire, and you know, usually they throw like the sneakers over it. He has like the goalie pads over it. So pretty cool picture. Uh, former Islander, which not many people know outside of Islanders fans, obviously. Yes, his. Uh, so my one of my next things for the social segment was again Roberto Longo. Uh, it's a, it's from the NHL Public Relations Twitter, so at pr underscore nhl, saying Roberto Longo's first NHL game. A 43-save victory against the Boston Bruins in which Zidane Ochoa, in which Zidane Ochoa scored his first career game-winning goal. I just want to hit Mike Milbury in the face. We had both. We had both on the same team. They played at the same time on the same team. And they they both went on to probably Hall of Fame careers. Hall of Fame careers, yes. <laughs> definitely Hall of Fame careers. For... Alexei Yashin. And who did they trade Luongo for? Was it Felix Potve? No. No, it's not that. I'm going to have to bring it up now. God I dang it. I don't remember. Uh, Luongo trades. It wasn't. Uh, there it is. NHL trade tracker. It was Ole, uh, Ole Kavasha and Mark Parrish. Yeah, Mark Parrish was pretty good. Yeah, I like Parrish. Parrish was good. That That's fair. Uh, at least he got something back. Good old Mike. Did you have anything else for the social? I had one more. Um, go ahead. It. I. I'm assuming this is from at Isles After Dark. I. I've only seen it from this Twitter account, but I've seen it copied in other places. And it's a uh, Artemi Panarin in an Islander. Uh, like, sorry. Um, a photoshopped in an Islanders jersey. Maybe they got it from somewhere else, but that's the first place because there's a, there's a tag here. I should look at it. Oh, it's all blurry. I can't even tell. Anyways, there, there's like the, a watermark at the bottom left. I can't tell what it's from. But anyways, it's Artemi Panarin in an Islanders jersey, and it looks absolutely beautiful. There's just one thing. He's got really long okay. hair and a beard, and that, that is going to be a no-go under Lou. Unfortunately, that is going to be a no-go, so that's going to have to uh, gonna have to change there. So, But it says, let's fondue this. Isles, bread man at, uh, at Artemi Panarin, and I'm super down with that. I absolutely am. Uh, last thing for me, yep. it's one of my favorite events of the year. Is right before prospect camp, they do oh, the yes. team bonding thing, and the pictures that come out of it is always phenomenal. So they go to the same place. It's on the it's on the water. Uh, there's a, a beach. They play beach volleyball, and then there's a picture of I'm pretty sure, and it's an electric trio: Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson, and Kiefer Bellows, <laughs> all on one of those boats that you gotta like. Pedal? A pedal boat? Okay, I didn't know there's a name for it, but yeah. It's like you kind of ride it like a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, it's a pedal boat. Well, yeah. I think that's what it's called. That's what we call them here in Canada. I don't know what they call them down there. Boats that you can pedal, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not a boat of Are you huffing paint, or is it just me? I had one beer during this show. I don't think so. I think it's all it takes, I guess. I don't know, man. I'm losing it. <laughs> But that's impressive, right? Dobson, Wallstrom, Bellows. Oh, God, sign me up for 2020-2021 New York Islanders. <laughs> yeah, so them just in a vest on a boat is kind of a funny visual, but also, like, 
that is the future of the Islanders. It makes me very happy. Yes. You're going to the Blue and White scrimmage, right? Yes, tomorrow. I will be at the Blue and White scrimmage, oh. or today, if you're listening to the show right. on Thursday. So look for me if you're going to be there. I'm going to wear my Eyes on Isles t-shirt. Nice. Super tall guy with red hair. Yes. Just look out for that. Can't miss me. Oh, man. That's going to be... I wish. I wish I could go down. Oh, the schedule is released, by the way, everyone. So I'm perusing the dates to see when I can come up. I have to plan them okay. around. So I, I will be no longer at my desk job next year. I'll be doing this full time. Well, ish. I'll be watching my daughter. Um, but I have to re- uh, revolve my days going to New York around my wife's PD days as a teacher. She has a okay. PD day on November 14th. Oh. The Islanders play Toronto at the Coliseum on the 13th. Oh. Yeah. That was a bummer. And that's the only time the, the, the Maple Leafs come to Long Island. So that's a bummer. That's crappy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll figure something out. I'll be there this year for at least one game. So we'll see what we can do. Yes. Keep on the lookout for that. But anything else, Mitch? Or should we wrap this up? Let's get to the mailbag. Okay. So wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It really helps us out. We appreciate it. You can also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Make sure to download our app available on iPhone or Android. You can visit the website eyes on aisles.com. And of course, please make sure if you haven't already to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you post game content during the regular season and playoffs and during the summer, gets you a bunch of other extra podcasts, too. We're not going away over the summer, so you still get your money's worth. A lot of content going on over there. So if you're interested, head on over there. Mitch, episode number 97 in the books, approaching triple digits pretty soon. My God, we've done a lot of podcasts, and I'm loving it. I can't wait to hit number 500. I hope we hit 500. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there, buddy. That'll do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.